Okay, so beginning in three. I need the <clears throat> timestamp. Okay, I think I've done this before. Okay, beginning in three, two, one. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. In this episode, I am joined by Nick. Nick, how you doing, man? Hey, good. How are you, Steve? I'm doing well. It's a, it's a nice, chill Friday night, and uh, we've been talking for about half an hour, I think, prior, so I'm just going to go back and make that the podcast. <laughs> right. It's just, uh, about 40 minutes already. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's One day, there's going to be like a, a podcast after dark, and it's just going to be not the B-roll, I don't know what the, the actual term is, but just the, the raw footage or the raw audio. There you go. And just say send it and then let it come with me. But um, on the off chance, because I, I, for the last few episodes, I haven't really done this, but if you can go in real quick, just introduce yourself in case people are hearing you for the first time. Sure. Uh, my name is Nick Factorin. My uh, latest role was as a team manager for Team USA in 2022 for the World Championships of Dodgeball that was held in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Awesome. And uh, what teams are you known for? I am currently playing, uh, I guess, as an Open uh, for Arsenal and co-ed for LADC, Los Angeles Dodgeball Club. Nice. Yeah. And for some reason, pretty sure someone's going to say meet. If you want to get into that real quick. Sure. That was uh, the very first uh, elite dodgeball uh, team that I captained uh, years ago. Uh, Meet, M-E-A-T. Um, yeah, uh, that's where I had Brett Cobble, Andy Merrickin, uh, Mike Kerr. Like a lot of, a lot of really awesome players. Um, and then that uh, evolved into German Meet, which was uh, a UDC team. Nice. That semi-successful UDC team not too not too great not too bad you remind me of a, a term I'm gonna hope gets coined if it hasn't already and that's dodge father like who did you bring into the scene I know we talked about a certain someone but um uh, yeah um uh, Andrew Ketchum yep. was uh one of those players that uh started at my trampoline park in Costa Mesa Sky High Sports um R.I.P. I guess I don't think they're <laughs> around anymore. Uh, but we played with uh, cloth, eight-inch cloth dodgeballs, and uh, he was my enforcer. <laughs> yeah, we definitely got into that, and maybe maybe another time if people want to know, we can get into it. But um, I, that's it's kind of ironic, don't you think that it it you had obviously did you get your dodgeball start there or? Yeah, actually, uh, back in 2010, uh, we were. I mean, me and my buddy uh, got jobs as uh, managers of this trampoline park, and we found out that they had a dodgeball court, and that was pretty awesome. And uh, as we were running our own little trampoline dodgeball tournaments, um, Saw from NLA comes over, and uh, at the time, the owner of NLA was Chin, and uh, both of them came up to us and said, hey, did you know we have a dodgeball league playing in Anaheim on you know, regular court? We're like, what? Floor, actual floor dodgeball and so yeah that's uh kind of where i got my start that's uh I set that up because that's that sounds like beautiful irony that you got started with cloth got <laughs> involved in all the other balls and then here you are team manager for cloth at worlds and you ever have one of those like oh if i if i could just tell myself back then like hey one day you're gonna be at edmonton i wonder what, like how i'd react like no way i would never go this far with dodgeball do you ever like have those thoughts no, but now that I think about it, uh, like, wow, where the where the sport is now and where it was, you know, twelve years ago, is uh, a totally wildly different place, and uh, I I like the direction that it's going in, and uh, hopefully we can continue the trend upwards. Definitely, uh, when you look back, it's it's like looking at um you know, like the stock charts, like just zoom out a few years, and like yeah, it's definitely yeah. still still going up, still still going the right yeah. right path. There's there's some dips here and there, but it's still going up, yep. going like, upwards. Like, like everything else, there's there's highs and lows. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I do mean it when I sign off with like every other episode. I say something like, "Oh, I'm so excited for the way dodgeball is going, and it just keeps evolving." But I, I do mean that, and it's uh, obviously we're three weeks I think after Worlds, but 
I feel like, you know, despite some of the things that took place in Warner Deal, like the blackouts and some of the other issues that took place, it's still pretty incredible to watch this, like in my living room on, on Twitch, just thinking, wow, this is, this is pretty incredible. And, um, so with that, you know, going back to the actual main topic. So, I mean, I've been asking all the players how they've been adjusting. Was it hard getting back into quote unquote regular life? But for you, same thing, like I'm, I'm assuming you've adjusted by now, but you know, what was it like coming back from, from that? I mean, <clears throat> Obviously, we didn't come back with the results that we were hoping for. And, um, you know, as is USA, we were hoping for six gold medals. Um, but coming back with three bronze is, is still pretty good for, for a, a, a federation. And especially coming into a brand new ball type, brand new rule set, it's still a really good accomplishment. And I'm telling, you know, people that, that I see at work, they're like, oh, where were you? Oh, is it the World Championships of Dodgeball? Oh, how'd you guys do? Well, we we sent six teams. We brought home three bronze medals, and they're very impressed about that. And I was like, okay, yeah, it is something to be proud of, nice. um, and that's that's something to get adjusted to when you've been thinking, you know what, we're gonna get six gold medals. It's gonna be awesome, um, and you come back, and it's a little bit humbling, but it's still a, a really awesome feat to do, especially the fourteen countries that we had in Edmonton. I mean this world championships was the largest um it, it has ever been i mean we're going in six divisions uh <laughs> it, it it's pretty incredible what um this event was uh to be at so yeah that's I'll, I'll admit this, you know, as, as a spectator, I'm expecting just gold across the board. I mean, who does not want team USA to do well. And then, um, you know, you hear about the results like, Oh, that's kind of disappointing. But then as I talk to, to Chris and, and Vince and, um, this says, I don't know if this will be released before or after, but, um, Katie, you talk about like, mm-hmm. at least for cloth, especially like we, us didn't play cloth at all. Like maybe started taking it seriously, you know, at the beginning of this year, but other countries have been playing cloth for a lot longer. And for, and the fact that they can go in and, and still place top three and come home with something is, is pretty awesome. So, you know, you get over the, at least again, speaking for myself, I guess I got to get over the expectation of like, yeah, six gold medals. All right. And then it doesn't happen. You're like, Oh no. But then you see, okay, no, but it's still pretty awesome feat. So, I mean, kudos to, to you and everybody that made that happen and was part of that. And then that's awesome that you actually can talk to people about it. Like, and they, and you don't get the, the, the typical, like, well, maybe, maybe you can tell me, like, do you get like the typical movie references or do they kind of take Dodgeball more seriously now when, when you tell these stories? So like where I work, I've been there for a while. So these people know me and know that I play competitive dodgeball and that I've been a part of the scene for years. Uh, so one of the people in our office, she's, she's like, um, was on like the national team of for her uh, uh, for her nation in volleyball, and so she kind of understands, nice. you know, international sports, and uh, and she's got her own kids in volleyball now, and she understands uh, how like competitive uh, sports is and uh, international competition, and so she she was very excited to chat me up about uh, the world championships, and um, so no, I I. I'm not getting that, uh, you know, can you dodge a wrench, all that stuff uh, lately, just because uh, everyone I'm around knows that competitive dodgeball is a thing, just because I've been telling them for years. <laughs> nice. Yeah, occasionally I'll get it, and then I used to be so, so sour about it, like just, <laughs> yeah, just like the movie. But now I'm just like, you know, this is somebody who's like quoting or citing a movie that came out, what, almost 20 years ago that's just trying to connect with you. They're like, yeah. there's no other reference to associate what you're doing and what you take very seriously with how they, with what they know dodgeball wise. And so I usually kind of take that as a, not as a compliment now, but like, Oh, this person is just trying to want to, want to connect. So I'm not going to be so, you know, um, snobbish about it. And then, um, my own, one of my bosses, he's a major, he's, I, I told him like, Oh I, yeah, I got to go to Seattle this weekend. He's like, for what? I might play dodgeball. I was like, that's awesome. And like, I'm, I'm expecting like the, Oh God, here we go. They're going to make fun of me now. Like, that's really cool. Like, when do you play? I'm like, Oh, I play every Tuesday and it's a great place to get all the aggression. I was like, that's really cool, man. And I'm like, huh, 
maybe we finally hit that point where like not every single person is going to quote the movie because Dodgeball has been around for so long. And it's right. Thanks to, you know, the TikTok videos we talked about, like Vince and, and Connor and all the content that's being created out there. It's like, no, people are showing it in a real awesome competitive, you know, light. So that's maybe we're, we're finally getting there, but, um, so let's go back to your role. So you were a team manager. What, what does that consist of? Like, what did you, like, what, what was your responsibility and, and, you know, how did you, like, what, what was your role, I guess? Sure. Yeah. Uh, so as the team manager, I was kind of the liaison between, uh, the team and the captains and the coaches and, uh, USA dodgeball organization. And so I was working on logistics and making sure that, uh, my, whatever I, Whenever anyone asks me about this, I just make sure I tell them uh, it's my job to make sure the players get to the courts. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else, uh, whatever they need to do to prepare for that, um, however they need to practice, however they need to, like what they need at the hotel, that was pretty much it, it all filtered through me. And um, that was my role. And yeah. That sounds like the. Um like the executive officer, the XO, like mm. his or her job is to just commander wants this. I got to figure out how to make it happen. Make sure the soldiers show up where they do, when they do, when they're supposed to. And, uh, it feels like a thankless yeah. job because I've, I was in that role for two years before I took command. Um, how was it for you? I mean, I imagine it was pretty rewarding being able to kind of be like the behind the scenes guy, just making sure everything's functioning seamlessly. Or, I mean, how was, how would you rate that experience? Yeah. I, I feel like most of my job was done, uh, all of the days leading up to the tournament and then I get to cruise the rest of the tournament. Nice. Um, and so like when we blocked out this week for this tournament, everyone was booking their flights and um, I'm going to tell you this funny story about Joey. So everyone's flight coming into Edmonton was late either because of a storm or just because the airlines are, you know, horrible. Um, and so my flight was delayed. A bunch of people's flights were delayed. People were coming in Friday, Saturday. That's fine. Our first game in practice um, uh, was supposed to be scheduled for Tuesday. So people were coming in Monday at the latest. And uh, Joey and I were scheduled to come in on uh, Sunday. My flight gets delayed several hours. His does as well. But his connection was actually sooner than mine, which was interesting. Um, I was supposed to arrive early in the day, but my, my late flight got delayed so long. He was about 10 minutes away from the gate while they were about to close. And I was there at his gate to make sure that if he didn't make this flight, he was going to be guaranteed to get on my flight. And so I, I told this to Jake and all, all those people. This is the one moment that I felt the most, you know, team manager of it all is, uh, with that, like, you know, that moment where we knew he was not going to make this flight. There was a lady that was on, on my flight later that night. She's like, oh, can I just get on this one then? Um, I'm like, oh, yeah, my buddy is actually at customs right now. If you can give her his ticket and then make sure Joey is on my flight at 930 at night or whatever it was, um, can you guys make that happen? And so the gate agent was like, oh, yeah, sure, and types it in, hands me Joey's ticket she that lady gets on this plane and i have a ticket for joey guaranteeing that he gets to edmonton nice. at least <laughs> that night so he doesn't have to stay in vancouver uh which would have been a, a nightmare solace is going on while he's still in the air yeah or... so he's like trying to get to the gate when this whole entire time oh, that's right, customs, each other. Okay. and so like yeah he's he's like oh i'm about i'm at customs i'm like yeah you're not gonna make it <laughs> give her give her his seat and put him on my flight she's like oh yeah we can do that. Absolutely. Nice. There, like, yeah, there's a, like a two hour long line for customer service. Just bypass that. I'm like, you know what? I'm the team manager of this team. Uh, gate agent. Can you make sure this happens for me? And she's like, Oh, absolutely, sir. <laughs> Please tell me you said it just like that. Gate agent. I need you to do this for me. Sure. <laughs> sure. That's exactly how it happened. Nice. That's <laughs> yeah, uh definitely the unsung heroes like it makes me wonder like when you watch football or or baseball or other sports just like all the all the people that just are behind the scenes just making sure you see what you're watching it just it blows my mind just the logistical aspect of it and people are just behind it the entire time oh yeah 
I'm such a nerd about that too because like last year uh, the NFL put out a bunch of these uh, videos for all these all the different teams and like what their uh, their logistics happen like getting a team from such and such a place to London and it's like all this behind the scenes action and what the, that crew does I'm such a nerd about all those videos and I've like I've watched all that stuff uh, I don't know but it interests me it's pretty cool <laughs> I, I... I'm kind of interested in that kind of stuff too now, just because of my experience. Um, like, to not to veer off too much, but I went from a platoon leader to operations officer slash XO to commander, so I got to see like the full leadership cycle of of, of a company. Mm-hmm. And my God, going back to the XO, that that poor guy or girl is just used and abused to no end. While the commander, you know, is able to focus on you know the mission and the future, and you know just trust the XO to do everything and being able to be on that side. I was, I was I kind of, I think I, I hope I was nice to my XO, but there's just so much crap that happens behind the scenes that I think people take for granted. And when you actually get to, to identify it and you can see it and recognize it, 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 it is kind of cool. It's like a little sub culture, I guess, or sub world for lack of better words. But, um, it kind of goes to my question. Like, I, I'm assuming, is this how you prepared for this role? Like, how did you, how did you end up with it? And like, how did you, how'd you get it? I guess. So they, yeah, they, uh, at the end of round two in LA, I was approached, uh, by Brendan Tickner, uh, Jeremy Lapierre, uh, and Jake. And they said, Hey, well, uh, were you, would you be interested in doing something like this? And I said, Oh, I never thought about it. Like, yeah, the, this is six different teams that we're trying to get to this other country to play in a week long tournament. And, um, it does require a lot of logistics a lot of dirty work um the organization as a whole and the president are responsible for the decisions but there needs to be a doer and a fixer and someone that needs to you know make out the the ship run um and so they asked me to do it and you know i i thought about it talked to with my wife and family and um they said it was a pretty cool opportunity and they they, they let me do it so nice that's that's what happened that was like late may i don't know when round two was but yeah um that's about when the time i got i I accepted the role very cool and then um i'm sure like your your contribution and and role in sin city has probably helped right i mean you've obviously shown that you're pretty like capable of handling i'll say large scale events i mean sin city is what like 60 50 teams give or take uh more yeah yeah uh, no, not more. Uh, like uh, high fifties, about maybe sixty something teams. But Still yeah, an insane amount uh, of teams. And we've been doing that for I don't know. I've been, you know, pretty much hip to hip with Jake for six, seven years, I think. I had to think about that for yeah. I, I've never played it. I love watching it. Um, I would love to play it, but I I think making it a uh, um, a really awesome tournament to be at and getting everyone's experience like bumped up from your regular old, you know, um, mom and pop tournament, um, and trying to get it as uh, mistake free and as uh, awesome to play at, uh, it, I think would just enhances the people's experience and helps, you know, hopefully makes them stick around and, and love dodgeball. The, uh, the image of you seared behind that table <laughs> mid mid of the court is like that that's seared in my memory for like the last uh i think i went to like the last six five or six but you're always there and you always get the mic in hand and you're always just just somehow you're always plugging away at something like it's it's fun to the few times i've talked to you I'm like this guy's really busy you should probably leave him alone um <laughs> yeah probably yeah <laughs> but uh no it's really cool um so I guess with that in mind, I mean, you know, you've, you've been to your fair share of elites, nationals, you've, you've helped make Sin City an awesome event. Um, what, what about this event, like, impressed you, if, if anything did? Um, like, what, what were you most, like, yeah, what, what, what was it like seeing it um, in Edmonton? Yeah, I mean, um, the, the, the sheer scale of this entire tournament, it, it's... It's something that's never been done before. I mean, two different ball types, two different rule sets. Um, like I said, 14 countries coming together. It was supposed to be more countries, but unfortunately, um, a lot of uh, African nations and other nations weren't able to make it due to visa problems. And and so the schedule was being 
yeah, if you've seen the the schedule itself, the the link is on the website, but you'll see that the schedule has gone through several versions. We're on the final version was version 6.0, and I don't know how however many like you know major changes there were and then minor changes, but um, it it changed all up until the week before the tournament essentially pretty much because they were still expecting maybe some teams would maybe some nations would show and then they'd have to shove them into you know a division here or there um but yeah the the sheer scale of this is is something that we've never seen before uh so that was what really impressed me about this tournament i um yeah I'll, eventually I'll, I'll make it to worlds but like the like i said watching in, in, in the living room just on twitch I'm like man this is it's like all volunteer events like people are this is like done by people that love the sport so much they're putting all this effort in here and they've they've managed to get 14 other countries out here like this is this is still a big deal so yeah, yeah and so like with yeah with that and being as big as it is there are going to be some opportunities to for like some some missed spots uh and so I mainly watch the cloth side, and uh, when you see some some round robin group stage games going on, and even some elimination games with only one referee, there was uh, it's it's kind of like there there needs to be something that that in the in the whole debrief of it all, it was kind of like oh my gosh, what how were there games going with only one head referee? Um, there were some some nations not showing up for their line duties, line ref duties. Why do why do nations even have line ref duties? It's just because we didn't have enough volunteers there, and um, that's the unfortunate state that this you know our sports in today. Um, and um, with taking on something so huge, uh, with only I don't know how much time we had to prep for this. U.S. only had six months, you know. Like since we came back fully, it was six months, pretty much to the day, um, where we started our hunt for a team, and with the cloth foam round in Vegas, all the way through to the beginning of uh, the World's Championships, we only had about six months to do this. Um, so even from our federation, it's like um, we only had that short amount of time. But imagine, I don't know what Dodgeball Canada was. You know, they they had. Um, I'm pretty sure they had enough uh, referees and stuff for the foam side. I'm sorry, I can't speak to that, but because I, I didn't watch much of that during group stages. But when the cloth games were going on, there were sometimes uh, matches going on with only one ref, uh, and that's unfortunate that that had to happen. Yeah, it's definitely um, less than ideal. And um, Sergio was telling me that he was um, telling she was hearing some feedback from some of the refs who were like working longer shifts than they were initially um scheduled and you know it's one of those things where you, they just had to unfortunately be a lot more flexible than they were initially told to be but that's going back to what i said like this is all volunteer run passion driven um by by no means is it you know as ideal where you know everyone's paid everyone's salaried for this so you're going to have some some minor minor hiccups here or there but um i think overall just to be able to say that this was done again is, is still a huge success and you know it's i guess there's maybe it's probably a really good thing that these are going to happen every two years now because that gives <laughs> people a chance to recover and and plan and learn from the i don't say mistakes that, that probably sounds harsh but just learn from the the lessons from the previous and you know hopefully like we say with dodgeball it'll get better over time but um yeah yeah absolutely what um so you were the the team manager for all six teams then uh, yeah, for the entire Team USA. They asked me if I needed like help, if uh, I wanted to get like you know another manager to help me out, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to try to you know spend the money on another person. So like it, we wanted to. I felt like I could you know pretty much handle it on my own. Uh, looking into it, like looking back, I kind of wish I had another person with me, but um, the uh, organization uh, was had my back and I felt supported the entire time so it was it was totally fine um, but yeah it was a lot of work but it was great 
I was, my bad, my bad, man. I was initially thinking you were just managing the cloth side. <laughs> so I thought that was already a tall order. So like, dang, dude, that's a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I was there for, um, the ESPN, the, the Ocho day. Um, and so I was there behind the scenes, making sure, uh, everything ran smoothly for, for that side. Uh, and then that went into the men's foam, uh, camp, training camp. Uh, so I was there making sure that they got, uh, you know, space and, and all of that. That, so can we talk about that real quick? Cause that, that, that's something oh, sure. I, I actually kind of glossed over. Um, mm. so Ocho day, uh, I mean, that's, yeah, it's one day we'll, we'll actually just be on ESPN or ESPN two. And, um, you know, without the, the, the slapstick nonsense that is associated with the, with the movie, and uh, but some of those clips, man, were awesome. Like, I still can't get over the uh, the the Jeff Giovinco flip and <laughs> just how viral that went. And just knowing, I know this guy. Like you know, I, I will eventually play against him this year. But I've in the past, like this is this is cool. I love seeing dodgeball athletes being showcased doing athletic things and not just silliness. Um, so what was that like? So that was basically a, a one day thing in like South Carolina. I think they took you guys all out too. Yeah, it was in uh, Rock Hill, South Carolina, and it was a full day of uh, obscure sports, just like uh, you know ESPN Ocho. So they started the day off, and it was live. Like most of the day was all live. Oh, wow. um, from 8 a.m., they had kickball in the in the park down the street. Uh, they had a break-in tournament. Uh, they had cornhole, obviously, because um, that is the home of uh, the American Cornhole League. Uh, South, uh, Rock Hill, South Carolina. Of course, um, I don't know why that tracks, but it does. <laughs> <laughs> and then they had us. We had, we were on at uh, at six o'clock, so pretty much uh, that prime spot. Um, and we had an hour, which is uh, awesome. We'd, we've never had that on ESPN before, um, like a live hour of dodgeball, and so uh, that was uh, pretty awesome with Jake. And then um, I got I forget his name. Uh, but the actual sports commentator for uh, college football um, down there, um, some of those divisions, uh, they, he, he was uh, an awesome commentator to have uh, alongside Jake. So, so good. I still have, um, <clears throat> speaking of Jake commentating, um, Worlds 2019, it was like this crazy comeback, maybe against Canada for men's, and Mike McGee catches the ball. He jumps up like eight feet in the air. <laughs> catches the ball like in his knees or his ankles and then you just like i think jake was talking and then just mid-sense mike mckay mike mckay like this <laughs> is really cool hearing that excitement um but yeah it just reminded me of a, of a funny memory of uh commentating um but that's really cool like I, I i would hope that you know we see more more of those um opportunities come up in the coming years and you know we veer away from you know, any, any exposure is good exposure, obviously, but we steer away from the silliness and actually show like a truly competitive, like take your best couple of teams and just have them duke it out. And, you know, maybe I can watch those Monday mornings in the gym and not the cornhole championships or, you know, this other, other, other weird random program that they have. I'm like, how, how the hell is this? Like, how is this on national TV right now? Right. But, um, yeah, I hope we put on a good show. I, the feedback we got, uh, that I asked people like, Oh, like, I don't know. I, uh, other people that I've asked when, when I said, Oh, Hey, did you see our, you know, our hour of dodgeball on TV? They, they loved it. They absolutely loved it. They, lo um, loved how fast paced it was. Uh, they loved Jeff's, Jeff's backflip. Uh, the clip they put up of Ashley, like, uh, pretty much dominating on that one, uh, clip that they showed, uh, was pretty awesome as well. Um, but yeah, the feedback we got was, uh, really good. Well, so, uh, I saw, um, something a little bit different this time when you, when they would show those clips like on ESPN, you have a, a couple people saying, Oh, that's really cool. Or you actually have a few people saying, um, Oh, I could, I could beat this person or they, they would just say something. And then you'd see like a lot of dodgeball players, like saying, go to this website or come play. It's really easy to get into. Like, I feel like that's mm -hmm. how you capitalize on on these little i won't say 15 minutes of fame but these these clips they go viral for you know a couple of weeks um it's probably the best way to do it but um 
yeah, the more content, the better, obviously. But um, moving back to 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 worlds, um, I appreciate you letting me go on that little tangent. By the way, because that, that was definitely something yeah. I wanted to briefly talk <laughs> about. Um, what what countries stood out to you? So you said you didn't really get to spend too much time on the foam side. You were more occupied with what was going on with cloth because of just it was new or can you elaborate on that a little bit more yeah i've been a fan of cloth for the <clears> longest <throat> just because that's the ball i started with and um the the rule set is uh interesting to me and i don't know if i uh love it yet but i mean i'm learning to love it uh and watching the austrian teams the team from great britain um, come in and play their game and, and do what they they do on these adjusted courts because these uh, this rule set would changed and I think we got these fi rules finalized about two weeks prior to the tournament. Um, so you'll see some ma like major changes between uh, EDF and how the Euros went and Worlds uh, just because they were trying to standardize the court. Um, so a lot of the stuff moved towards a cloth uh, towards a foam size uh, court uh, so you'll you'll see that the neutral zone is huge in the in cloth and um and then they they added five more minutes per half um and that was one of the major complaints uh before they uh, all the teams started playing was when they saw this rule change um of you know 20 minute halves that's not something they're used to they're used to 15 minute halves so i mean you know 15 minutes is nothing but 20 minutes and then you're doing two of those whoo uh, but watching Austria, uh, especially the, the Austrian um, women uh, play, uh, really good, really disciplined. They knew um, the timing of everything. That's the, the one thing that I wish the, the U.S. Uh, had a chance to you know, practice with more. We don't play three-minute games that much. And so, um, yeah, that watching Austria and Great Britain play their game was uh, pretty awesome to see live. That's, uh, I mean, they've been playing cloth for for quite some time now. So as I told, um, I think it was Chris, it's like, yeah, it's you guys <clears throat> did really well for a first time showing, barely getting acquainted with the rules as individuals now, try to put everybody into a team and then be on the same page as Austria and, and Great Britain and these other UK countries. Mm -hmm. And then, um, but then now you know, like now you know what it feels like. So you're gonna spend the next two years really beefing up the the cloth game and understanding these nuances and understanding, you know, how bad it can go against you if the wrong person comes in at the wrong time mm -hmm. and and things like that. So I'm, I'm, I can't wait to see um, the, the amount of, I'm gonna say maturity, but the, how, how much Team USA evolves from lessons learned next next time? It's it's gonna be exciting to 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 watch, and then obviously I would think they're a lot hungrier now. Um, oh yeah, being so close, right? So, mm -hmm. so you had shared this uh, the schedule, the Google sheet with the all the matches and and brackets. Um, was there any anyone aside from the championship match that you wanted to kind of highlight or go over um, for class at least? Oh yeah, for cloth. I mean, with uh, Mexico uh, and Canada being so new to uh, this side of the cloth tournament, and then um, Aust Australia as well, it, watching them play and adapt and kind of try to try to hang with the rest of the European countries was pretty pretty sweet to watch. Uh, Yoshi from Mexico put up a, a few clips of him catching a bunch of balls. It was. He was he was on fire out there. Um, Yoshi uh, Ortega. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And um, yeah, yeah. And Canada with it, they only have uh, they they actually have a, a cloth group that has been playing. I think she said eighteen years. So they've had this, this thing what? going on for about um, that that long uh, in Hamilton, Ontario. Um, so I think a couple of players were from there. Uh, a lot of the hardest foam were on their cloth, uh, uh, men's team. So, uh, it was really, really cool to see them play and, um, do pretty good. Uh, 
like where did they end up? They ended up like uh yeah, they got to semifinals in in cloth, right? No, bronze. Duh. Yeah, yeah they, they, uh, they they got were the fourth, bronze right? medal game. So yep. um yeah, coming in fourth. Uh that's that's pretty awesome as well. Yeah. The um I've talked to a few of the hardest foam guys, uh, and this is why I was kind of making fun of TikTok earlier and got really mad when you said that <laughs> I'm on it too much, something like that. After you said, but uh, one of the players uh, did this really cool, like, and this is not a shameless plug at all, more of a shout out. But he did this really cool, like, um, clip of him sliding on the the sliders to the tune of "Slide from Iris." It's it was, or yeah, from Goo Goo Dolls. I'm sorry, not Iris. Uh, from Goo Goo Dolls, and um, it was just so cool. It's like, oh man, that's that's really cool. Shout out, this guy's awesome. And then um, so hearing hearing about them and knowing that they made an appearance is, is really cool. I know Vince uh, gave him a little bit of a shout out too, in the yeah. uh, in, in that episode. But um, I have to. They all plug your sliders. What's They're uh, awesome. I I love oh. your sliders. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I'm weary of those things because like they'll slide like the Dickens, but there's still a couple people that still burn them. I'm like, ah, back to the drawing board. <laughs> but um, anyway. I have to, I have to take this nerd opportunity to uh to ask you, have you ever heard of the International Dodgeball Federation? Oh, the guys that made the target uh yellow target balls. Holy crap! Yes. Yeah. Wow. That was, that was the ball I started with. Okay, so. Thank you. I think you're the only person that that knows that that I've talked to over the past six years. Um, yeah. So when you so we, we mentioned those um, those I think you said the women players from Canada that were playing for 20 years. I'm like, how how is that even possible? But then I remember, oh, yeah. No, fo- cloth has existed long before um, foam before and those things. Ball, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Now are they the the same size cloth balls that are regulation no, now? So th- those are the eight and a half inch walls. So those are like big. Those are the balloons. Um, okay. Yeah. So what we're playing with now on the world stage and what they changed to in 2015 when they went from, you know, three balls to five balls, they also brought the ball size down to the quote unquote women's size. Um, so it's a seven inch cloth ball. Okay. Fun, fun fact. Yeah. No one can accuse me of uh, not being a nerd about this stuff. Um, but yeah, <laughs> that, so maybe my, cause when every time I'd hear cloth, I just picture those, the target style balls, the, they're made by, yeah, it's the same company. It's all made in Pakistan. That's so crazy. I, I talked to, um, so do you remember the national dodgeball association? Yeah. Do you remember Mark Murphy? I do not. So I used to talk to that man hours on end. I don't know why this is a long time ago. And um, he had told me that Rusty Walker, I think, the guy that founded the IDBF, mm, mm-hmm. went through like 80 iterations of dodgeballs. Like they just went through all these different types of dodgeballs to find the one true dodgeball that will unite everyone and not destroy people. And it was that cloth ball. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Like 80 iterations and you came up with this monstrosity. Like I want no part of this organization, but that's, that's so funny. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting you say that because I feel like this is how the cloth rule set has become what it is today. Uh, it, it's been iterized and like all sorts of different things have happened in these games where, okay, now we have to change it to where there's going to be three minute games. Okay, now it's going to have to be two points for a win, one point for a tie. Um, once you get hit, you are out instead of your teammate saving you stuff like that i feel like um these all these rules have been generated because the things have happened in the games and so they make a rule to you know adjust to it instead of trying to simplify which is one of the things that elite and usa was trying to do is you know simplify the rule book so like you know it's only a few pages long here you can hand it to any league and any sports a person that understands sports at all they can get a game going right away but then you hand them this you know novel of a, of a cloth rule set it's going to be you know well what are we what are we supposed to do oh chapter seven okay we have to make sure that you know we <laughs> yeah it's gonna so um i don't know why, why i brought that up but yeah that's we're just talking evolution 
yeah, the evolution of uh, these these rules and the the dodgeball. So like, yeah, it, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I um, Tucson dodgeball had a eleven page or twenty two page rule book by the time it was done, but it covered everything. Like I remember we go seasons and there'd be no change, but then something would happen and be like, oh, damn it, that's not the rule book. Uh, let me, let me, re- let me revise <laughs> page 11, section eight D in the event of this, blah, 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 blah. But like, you know, it would obviously not every ref would read it cause you still want to keep it as, right. as one page as possible. But like, there's always that one time where no, no, get out the rule book. I want to know what, where, what happens when, you know, like what is the definition of a, of a caught ball? I'm like, Oh my God, mm. at least I have it though. Yeah. But yeah, I totally get that. You don't, you don't want to, yeah. you don't want to intimidate any new player or team or league with, you know, a, a yeah. Bible of rules. That's just not yeah. gonna. And so, yeah, Joe and I was talking about this, uh, throughout our time at worlds because Joe and I were roommates the entire week. And, um, it really is. We should just have, you know, the simple rule book and then a bunch of different situations. And so uh, if you want to look up, oh, how how has this rule been applied to that situation? We have it. And so it's there. But you'll have the basic rules and then uh, a series of situations, unique situations. Yep. That's, that's how an ideal rule book should be made. Thanks. Thank you, Joe, for that, uh, you know, top suggestion. Joe Coel, Joe Coel, and the the guy just understands rules, man. Yeah, I uh, schedules. He's he's awesome. <laughs> I heard um, that his the scheduling system software program that he built like back in 2018 is actually in use now. Is that is that true? I believe so. Yeah, that's awesome. Freaking Joe. Um, <laughs> I, I I couldn't help myself, dude. I I googled. Rusty Walker just now, and it looks like he's still around. Um, and the IDBF might actually still be around if really? I can find out when this article from the Buffalo News. Oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> June 16, 2004, updated 2004. July. Yeah, because I, I saw the you know, Google has like the dates. I saw a 2020 date. I'm like, oh no, is he back? <laughs> but I really wonder whatever happened to Mr. Walker and if he understands or sees how far dodgeball has come. He, uh, I, as I, as it was told to me, he's been around since 92, 93. So it's like long oh, wow. before the movie even was a thing. People were, were trying to play standardized dodgeball, but anyway. Um, so, I mean, I know we're, we're focused on worlds, at least with the world dodgeball federation. I mentioned international dodgeball federation, but one thing I'm, I'm kind of curious now is if you had any like input or feedback or take on, um, I don't know if it's fair to say like world dodgeball association merging or teams like, like how did that work? Well, yeah. So, um, it's funny because like throughout this entire week, uh, actually when we started, so, you know, that story I told you about Joey. Uh, so we ended up taking a lift back to the hotel from the airport when we landed and on that same flight from Vancouver to Edmonton were three other players from Austria turns out to be you know uh one of the 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 female mvp uh whose name escapes me right now but i'm sorry uh but yeah uh from austria uh one of the newer guys that was on their foam team and another girl from austria were we all shared a lift uh or an uber on the way to the uh, from the airport to uh the hotel uh sunday night and so we were chatting it up and i said oh hey um this is the World Dodgeball Federation, but I, I understand that you guys played in at the Garden. What was that like? You guys played at the Madison Square Garden. Immediate laughter. They were just laughing the entire, like, I was like, whoa, okay, well, yeah, how how was it? And they're like, oh, my God, we played on concrete. There were, did you know there were screws coming out of the floor? I was like, yeah, I heard stories. Yeah. <laughs> but hearing it from another country's perspective is like, oh, yeah, this is not um, ideal for uh, other countries to come into and then, like, being told that yes they're going to be playing at madison square garden but first their their round robin games are going to be played in basketball city or wherever it was like an hour away and then uh, and then finally coming into the garden and then finding out that they have to play on concrete and then finding out that they have to play on concrete with screws coming out of it so it's it was uh it was an interesting situation and then uh they they just talked about how yeah 
they they decided they were going to be done. EDF was going to be done with the uh, WDA, and they're going to s- switch over to World Dodgeball Federation, and um, they were going to see how this went. And then um, I eventually talked to them like later on in the week. I'm like, hey, uh, what do you guys think about, you know, how how do you think the WDBF did with this tournament, and and how does it compare to your experience 2018? Because these are the this is the um, world champion Austrian team for you know five years straight and they're like oh it's worlds worlds better it's like a night and day and it just the venue alone uh was awesome to be in and um yeah unfortunately that's what their experience was with the wda and um i think now with austria hosting in um 2024 uh i i hope to see that um it's going to be only better, <laughs> you know, right. uh, from here on out. Man, I can't, I can't help myself. So first of all, <clears throat> this isn't a, a dig at anyone that participated in the WDA Worlds in 2018. Yeah, definitely do not want to take away from the athletes that played and performed and got to represent the U.S. I think it's fair to say that most people understand that the the beef or the concern was a certain someone not going to name names at Prentice, um, <laughs> how he handled this thing. Cause the whole, like not even false advertising, but, but, but positioning or spinning of it's going to take place at Madison square garden. But then if you read the fine print, it's actually not really, um, mm-hmm. or not fully that, that, that has been the dodgeball world championship and convention since 2005. Like the first one was supposed to take place at Caesar's palace. And it li- literally said, <laughs> check this out. Here's a, and I saw the picture of this badass flyer and it's like $25,000 championship prize, Caesar's palace, blah, 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 blah. You go there, you find out that the, the referee clinic that you paid for the panel discussion that you paid for and the registration was, uh, or the check-in was at Caesar's palace, but the actual world premiere event was at home courts in Boulder, uh, Boulder, Colorado, uh, Boulder, Nevada. Um, Oh, is that, is that, a, is that, a, or am I getting, no, Henderson, Henderson, Nevada. Oh, Henderson. Okay. And courts were, were fine. If, if you had just pitched it as that, you would have been okay, but you, you just came out with this <laughs> freaking, and the guy ran an advertising camp agency. So he, he knows his branding. He does that very well. <laughs> and he, he really did present dodgeball in a very positive light. Never going to take away from that fact, but like just the, the smoke and mirrors, man. And, and to see that happening again, I'm like, Oh no, like. Like it's U.S. dodgeball, and you see him representing, you know, basically collecting all the the momentum that USA dodgeball, elite dodgeball, the players have done for themselves after years of trying to work with this guy, and it's just like such a slap in the face. So you know, when you find out that the WDA wasn't really that that polished, that that you know, it, it wasn't what you would expect for the players. You're like, yeah, makes sense. It tracks. And so thank God 2018 went well, Cancun went well, this went well. Um, and, and I'm kind of glad to hear that the, the other countries that, you know, weren't really familiar with everything that took place between the NDL and elite and what would soon become USA dodgeball. Glad to see that they kind of share the same at like opinion, I guess, like they know where the better dodgeballs at. They know like who's actually in it for them. So that's kind of, it's kind of good to hear, man. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for sharing that. That's, I feel, I feel justified, (laughs) but, um, and for what it's worth, I, I don't know how much Ed Prentice is, um, involved anymore, but the WDA is still going on. That world cup is going to happen in Egypt. Um, and I have no idea how many they, they just did a post, uh, I don't know today today yeah and i just saw that i was um, like what <laughs> that, yeah that uh the south american or the south american south african team was selected and and all this stuff i was like okay that's interesting um i don't know if the u.s is going to be sending a team i haven't seen anything from their side but um yeah we'll, we'll see how that goes it's just it I, it really is um this other federation kind of uh we we as dodgeball as a whole uh isn't going to be able to progress to where we want it to be uh if if people want it to go to the olympics we're not going to get there until uh there is only one federation for the whole 
globe. Um, that's how other sports get into um, the IOC and all of that. And yeah, as long as there's two federations, it's not going to happen. So uh, we'll see. Maybe we can wait it out. Maybe something will happen. But I'm I'm hopeful. Yeah, I. I don't know enough about the WDA other than the U.S. chapter. Mm. Like, if it was Jake or USA Dodgeball behind WDA, I'd be like, okay, cool. Like, eventually it can merge, maybe, or this is a good representation of us, not not Ed. Like, yeah, but now, like, now you know, you see all these all these European nations come over to the WDBF, and you see that they um, wanted to leave. They they left that federation to come to us. Yeah. So that speaks volumes. Yeah. Hopefully the lingering countries can, can see the light and I mean, cheap, cheap way to say proof is in the pudding, but, uh, yeah, I, I think we'll see in time who actually is in it for the player and who's in it for, I don't even want to say the cash grab at this point, cause it does not exist unless you really run <laughs> a crappy event, which, you know, we just talked about that person, so. <laughs> but um, God, we're gonna have to have another podcast where we just go into the weeds on on because <laughs> you're you, now you're reminding me of like my and my analogy of like feudal Japan, where like you have all these competing organizations, like you know, in two thousand seven, two thousand nine, you had National Dodgeball League, you had Major League Dodgeball, you had the International Dodgeball Union. International Dodgeball yeah. Federation. Some of these were just jokes. Some of these actually wanted to to be the the guy, and then you just had them all finally rally under the NDL, and then all of a sudden, you know, somebody exposed the the dirty housekeeping, and Elite was born. But um, it's just crazy how it happens, and yeah. the fact that we might still be still be there one one more organization to to sway to to come <laughs> to our side, but uh, whole other podcast, but. Um, <laughs> So, I mean, speaking of organizations and, you know, leadership and whatnot, obviously, I think one topic I'd like to kind of cover, don't know how it would work, definitely don't want it to be um, controversial, but but boards, board members are, the elections are, are coming up, I guess, or selections, or how, how's this going to work? Can you talk about that? Uh, yeah. So, uh, nominations have uh, closed as of today, um, and the uh, four of the current uh, five board members, uh, executive board of USA Dodgeball, are ending their term, uh, and uh, a new four need to be selected. So um, a few people have put in their nominations uh, for uh, certain people they want to see on the board. I myself have accepted my nomination. Uh, thank you to those who have nominated me. Nice. Congrats. And Oh, thank you. <clears throat> Um, and so, yeah, the ballots should be coming out to all members uh, soon. Um, I know that you have uh, international uh, listeners. Uh, sorry, <laughs> this is not going to apply to any of you. But, um, yeah, the uh, US, USA Dodgeball members should get their uh, ballots coming up, I think, this weekend. Um, yeah. So, well, that's crazy. So, are are you... Do you want to talk about any position you're eyeballing, or do you do you just want to kind of leave that for oh, sure. the no, emails? Um, yeah. The so what it is, uh, the four uh, nominees are going to be put into an open director position, and, and it's going to be up to the board. Uh, Kate Cairns is the only one that's staying on. Uh, so among the five board members, they're going to select a president and a treasurer. So I mean, uh, essentially, these five people are going to be the ones that are. Um, going to be setting the direction of USA Dodgeball from, you know, November 1st on out for the next two years and see uh, all the way up to the next Worlds, um, if you want to see it that way. But, I mean, Worlds is only just a small piece of what USA Dodgeball is going to be uh, a part of, and it is going to be, you know, the Premier Tour and a lot of other different programs. Uh, and so what um, I'm hoping to see is, uh, like, uh, my hope for what this board looks like is uh, going to be a bunch of people who love the sport of dodgeball, only want to see it grow. Um, hopefully it's going to be people that are uh, not self-serving. They want to help this sport as much as they can. And um, 
really bring it to a place that is um, going to get better from uh, the point we are now. And I believe that USA Dodgeball has uh, set up a good structure of, um, uh, you know, a good good set of bones where we can actually start putting some meat on it and progressing uh, the organization as a whole, uh, making sure that, you know, dodgeball is going to be, uh, you know, fun, safe, inclusive, um, fun to watch, and something that a lot of people can get behind. And hopefully, you know, I'm, uh, if you are a USA Dodgeball member, I am asking for your vote. That would be great. Um, but I, I want everyone that is listening to this podcast, because why? if, if you didn't care about dodgeball, why would you be listening to this podcast? Um, but uh, if, if you love the sport of dodgeball, I want you to look at that list of people that you see uh, when you get those ballots in your emails. And uh, I want you to say, is this person going to be uh, helping the, to progress the sport? Is this someone that has helped um the sport progress over the time that you've known them you've seen them um i mean if you don't know who they are you really can't uh you can't vote for them but i mean uh, you see these names up there and um really take a good look and and think about who you're voting for and make sure you're putting up people who you know have are interested in seeing the sport grow and interested in seeing um what uh, that we can make this sport as a nation, and um, hopefully uh, everyone that gets a ballot uh, sees that. Well said, man. And that that's making sure that you um, you, you put some thought into this because the the individuals that you're electing are going to be steering the ship for the next two years, and um, like you said, building off of the progression and growing pains of the last two years one of them being well actually what no like the last three, yeah, three years three years two like two yeah. of them being one you know pandemic not really having a chance to uh to to progress everything kind of just went on pause and that's one thing of like would have could have should have or wish i could and that's um i wish i could see what 2020 would have been like had there been no pandemic because it felt like 2019 was like like the highest, the peak of dodgeball. And, you know, we got Thanos snapped for 2021 and, um, you know, kudos to everyone on the board and, and everyone behind the scenes trying to keep dodgeball going in, in any way from like league organizers to people that volunteer as refs to just anyone that's just trying to let dodgeball happen in some capacity. Um, especially coming from, you know, a year and a half, to your hiatus is, is huge. So I kind of wish that we could have seen what it would have looked like uninterrupted, uninterrupted, but I guess, yeah. uh, you know, we're, we're here now. And for those that are listening that are actually going to vote, I mean, it's obviously important that you do vote you just keep that in mind. Like who's, when that list is released, who's going to have the best interest in mind and, and know how to bring everyone to the table and, and, and reach across, you know, the entire U S and, and unify everybody behind dodgeball and, Good luck to that person um, in, in any responsibility position. Um, that's it's gonna take a lot of extra time and work. So hats off to you for accepting your nomination, and you know, good luck. Oh, and thank you. I hope that you get you get put in the position that's best for you. Um, but I guess we'll see. When when will we find out? Like so, you, this is Friday the twenty third. Um, emails would have gone out by the time this is released. Yep. So how, I think voting ends sometime in um, October. So maybe I think uh, ballots are out for two weeks or something like that. Um, okay. Let's see. Do I have that? Okay. Voting ends October 12th. Uh, and then on the 18th, my daughter's birthday, uh, the, the winners will be made public. So there okay. you go. And uh, the they take office November 1st. Okay, so if you're listening to this, yes, this was recorded on Friday the 23rd. Probably be released either the, I don't have a calendar, but check your emails, check <laughs> check spam on the off chance. Um, yeah, just make sure you get those ballots in and, and vote for, youth, for who you think is going to best move dodgeball further. I don't want to say four because that's clearly what USA Dodgeball has done, but definitely move it further. But um, awesome, man. Um, 
Well, cool, man. Um, like I said, there's, there's definitely some stuff that we kind of left on the table in the conversation that I definitely want to go into more in the weeds, especially like anything like pre 2010. I love going back there, but, uh, definitely do that for another episode. Just want to kind of keep this one mostly around, uh, worlds and briefly discussing boards and elections. But, uh, before I wrap up, is there anything that you'd like to, um, sign off with or close with or any yeah. shout outs you want to throw out there? Absolutely. Uh, if you have not listened to uh, Steve's interview with Vince, uh, I encourage you to please listen to that entire episode. I learned a lot from it, um, and it, it is very important that um, we recognize uh, what was uh, what he went through, pretty much at, at Worlds, and I, I, I it, it hurts me. <laughs> that i i wasn't um you know i didn't step up and um and it it really brought to light a lot of my own biases uh that i'm holding on to and i am trying to correct all of that behavior uh please 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 listen to that entire podcast with steve and vince um i think it's very important for uh, especially us as usa dodgeball um to learn from and um yeah, thank you for having that interview with him, and uh, yeah, thank you for having this platform, Steve. Yeah, I, and thanks for ha and thanks for having me. <laughs> of course, man. I wasn't expecting that. Um, yeah, so that that episode. I mean, we're recording this on Friday the twenty third. Um, I dropped that this morning. Um, <clears throat> I, I interviewed Vince um, Sunday evening, and um, man, that was. That, yeah. that that was that was rough. Not rough in the right ways, and. Um, off the get-go, I mean, as I'm talking to him, I feel like you can really hear me trying to think of like how to how to process what I'm hearing, um, and and that's exactly what I wanted. I, I wanted to, you know, not just give him a like and a thumbs up and a, you know, I actually wanted to give him something that I could contribute that might help. And because uh, Vince has always been there, he's he's been like one of my greatest supporters, um, and and I've known him since 2010. And, um, you know, he was, he was one of the first people to, to repost and, and brag about Ballast Day. He's very supportive when, you know, I wanted to do the podcast with, with Brett, when they were doing the Golden State syndicated podcast. Um, he's, he's been a great advocate and yeah, he can be really intense sometimes as, as a, you know, I don't want to say rival, but as, as somebody I play against, but off the court, he's always been, been great. And, um, you know, when I saw what was going on, I just... I asked myself, like, what can I do other than just say that sucks, man, and give him a, an emoji. So, you know, I offered to, to if he wanted to express himself, and I thought, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna learn something, and uh, man, did I? So, I appreciate you kind of bringing that back up. Um, I was very curious how the the community and the listeners were gonna respond to it. And so far, it's been very, very positive. It's it's definitely not, um, yeah, not something you want to rush into. Um, right. I, I feel like that's why you preface it with listen to the whole thing. Cause it's, uh, it, it gets real. Um, mm -hmm. but, um, I appreciate that. And I really appreciate you coming on. And I, I remember, you know, as I'm getting used to podcasting again, um, I thought one of the coolest sayings was, uh, it was, it was the West hypothetical West round three recaps and back in December, 2020. And like, this is when I had my studio set up. I had, um, you, I think Ketchum and maybe, oh, yeah. um, <laughs> Sean, but it was so cool. Cause it was like, um, just the, the amount of like attention to detail and the stats and like the more technical aspects that you brought to the conversation was, was great. I'm like, man, this is really cool. I can't believe we got Nick to do this. This is, this is pretty sweet. <laughs> so, um, I know you introduced yourself before, you know, the full, like, this is your team, this is your role, but I mean, you've, you've been no stranger to the podcast. You've, you've come on a few times to recap and it's been great chatting with you. And clearly I'm remembering that Thanks. now. So I definitely <laughs> appreciate your time and I, I will definitely look forward to having you on again. So, um, thanks to you, man. Um, yeah. and like I said, um, uh, depending on when you're listening to this, you know, good luck to you, Nick. Um, very excited for the future. So, um, yeah, I think we'll, we'll leave it at that, and I'll just go ahead and end the interview here. All right, so that was my conversation with Nick. And Nick, thanks so much, man, for, for being willing to hop on and being flexible. Uh, definitely was excited to talk to you and get your perspective as a team manager and just kind of get more in, uh, more perspective on what took place during Worlds. Um, 
and also really fun kind of just going down some rabbit holes with you um having you on in the past for some of the west recaps and even the hypothetical recaps uh, in 2020 um i kind of just knew that there was going to be a lot of uh, segues and so very happy to, to take those and also really did appreciate the opportunity to kind of talk about boards just a little bit um Obviously, if you're listening to this, the nominations have been out. So again, uh, I guess check your check your emails if you've not received them and you're a member of Team USA. And um, you know, not to sound like the stereotypical "please vote," but please vote because these these individuals that have been nominated are really hoping to bring dodgeball to the next level. And uh, obviously, the more input that they receive, the more representation we're going to have. And you know, we'll we'll get back to where we where we were in 2019 pre pre pandemic times and just build off of the incredible momentum that the uh, USA dodgeball organization has been able to build up until now. So um, I think I'll leave it at that because I don't know if I can sway an election or not, but um, or show bias. But anyway, um, if you're still with me, thanks so much for being there as always. Have a great rest of your evening, a great rest of your week, a great weekend, and we'll see you next time. Let's take a quick break. Um, this is dangerous, man. I can nerd out with you for hours. <laughs> Especially right? now I know you got the IDBF knowledge. That's like, holy shit. I've never had a chance to talk to anybody about this before. That's awesome. Um, it's been a long time since I researched any of that stuff. But, I mean, yeah, uh, that's the ball we played with. And I think that's the ball that NLA started with in Anaheim. So if you talk to Pyan, because he played in NLA as well, well uh, back in... 2012. Vavi used those two in San Diego. Yeah. And so, t- like, we played uh, a tournament down there 